Hello and welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. What's up, people? How's everybody doing? How's your Black Friday shopping going? Dude, I did not do it. I was not going to brave it. You didn't partake in that Hell no. American pastime? I haven't done that in years. Yeah, I did it. That's that's not exactly... Well, you know what? I have my own way of doing it. I'm not going to lie and say I don't okay. shop on Black Friday, but I just don't do it the way most people do it. I don't go and stand in lines all night long after Thanksgiving. and. No, you're like over there digging through the DVDs. You're like, oh, this yeah, is a I good don't deal. Get the, Lethal Weapon exactly. 2. Where else are you going to get this? Exactly. I don't get the I don't do the doorbuster deals. I just kind of go pick the scraps. I, I kind of sleep in. I get up. I make my way to the store around 10 a.m. and just kind of wander around. Like, yeah, let's see what's going on. Yeah, and you, you'd be surprised what you find. You still find some good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this one time I found a really good deal on towels. The best part? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the best part is seeing how exhausted everyone is. Like you just walk around all the all the workers and then like what few customers are still like wandering around from yeah. like being up all night. They're just like we're zombies. Dude, it's so great. Believe it or not, I'm all fresh faced. The uh, the biggest one of the biggest at the time, I think it was the biggest Walmart in the southeast, is in the next county over, and I worked there for about a year and a half. Oh shit! And one of the days that I worked there was Black Friday. Everyone had to work, and uh, I had to work the door, and it was the most awful experience I've ever had in my entire life. You have to check every damn receipt. Every single person. It was like me, well, another guy, and a cop. And like, we just, you're just constantly trying to flag people down. You're running around. Like, so after like the first half hour, you, 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 weren't, you were just like, whatever, fucking checking the receipt. You're like, I don't give a fuck if he stole it to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> fuck Walmart. Absolutely not, dude. Cause you're so stressed out. Like, it's so, right. it's so uh, mentally taxing. And you also have to make sure everybody stays back until a certain time or whatever. Right. It's uh it's intense, man. I never wanted to work that again. Once I experienced that part of retail, I was like, nah, I gotta get out of here, man. You know, anymore it doesn't even really make sense to me because TVs are so fucking cheap year round. Like you can Thank get an you. LED TV for like a couple hundred bucks any time of the year now. It's not like it used <sighs> to be where it's like it took a year's worth of saving to buy a nice TV. Nowadays, dude, they just kind of give them out like fucking nothing, also, like candy. And also because of that, you can find some really, really good deals secondhand. Like, that's really oh, what we should yeah. be doing, man. We should stop buying all this oh, new fucking shit Dude, right shit now is the time to Micah. buy some TVs off OfferUp or Craigslist. Yes, or somebody, Marketplace, man. Some dumbass just upgraded from a 60 to a 65, and it's the same, like, LED fucking dude, 4K. Dude, listen, if, if, you, if you buy and sell and trade stuff a lot, and you're not on Facebook Marketplace, you're out of the game, dude. That's one thing Facebook is doing right. Like I'll is put where, I'll, we, where we need to be because you know, my wife and I are selling like three huge ticket items right now, like dude, a trailer, get on our Facebook vehicle, Marketplace, like all kinds of shit. Get on there, you will sell that shit. I'm telling you, I, the stuff I put on there, I sell within like two or three days. That's what's up, huh? Craigslist yeah. kind of died. Craigslist it's like, is done. It got taken over by the scammers, bro. It did. It did. Yeah, it's bad. Offer ups okay, but there's yeah. so many flaky people when you're trying to sell stuff. You know, it's like oh, waste definitely. your they'll waste your time. You'll be definitely. sitting around waiting for them to show up, and they never will. I don't know. Maybe that's All where right. Facebook does it right, because then you can go see their profile, you know, kind of see where they live. Right. Makes people less likely to be scammy. Yeah, I guess so, huh? You show up in the creep van outside the house if they don't uh, show up. <laughs> that's <to> right. <laughs> that's right. Just so, slowly uh, roll down the window and point at them. Right. I want to apologize for last week's static. You, you know, should. it's always something with us lately, but I think I got the kinks worked out. I am now... Um, running my mixer and I'm able to hear what's going on on my end as well as hear Michael. That that was part of the problem is that I, I could only hear you. I couldn't hear what was going on through the recording. So right. I fixed that. I've got an earbud with Michael in in one ear and then headphones over the top of that. So I can hear my mixer and I can hear Michael. So we should be okay as far as 
any kind of technical difficulties, I'll be, I'll be aware of them from now on. Right. We're it's, working out the kinks still, guys. Still, I know. <laughs> you know, we're not in the same studio anymore. But well, we recorded like that for what two years? Two years. Yeah. You get kind of used yeah, to so, it. Yeah, you get used to being able to uh, adjust on the fly together, and now it's like we got two different recordings and all this stuff. But right, and we could whatever. also no we excuses. could always hear. Yeah, but no excuses. That's right. That's how I felt, man. When I was putting it up, I was like, "Son of a bitch, I gotta apologize for something else in this damn episode." Yeah. And it, it does. It it bothers me, especially at the. Uh, I'm not saying that we're professionals, but at the level that we are now, you know what I mean? Like we're past that kind of shit. We shouldn't be. But, you know, I saw uh, Lamar Jackson, who's the front runner for the MVP in the NFL this year, yeah, unbelievable player. The Ni- I'm scared because the Niners are playing him today. Oh, but I saw him time? show up. I'm sorry. I think it's one. I think it's one p.m. Uh, Pacific, so like four oh, p.m. For perfect. You. Okay, go ahead. Um, but he showed up to a press conference a week or two, and he had a shirt on that I think it said "No excuses, work harder," something along those lines. And I was like, that enough people. There's not enough people that have that mentality, you know. Nope. Somebody's always got a fucking reason for why they're not doing well or this or that. That's dude, right. Just, and take responsibility. You know, everybody has bad breaks, and everybody has like setbacks and everything else. Just keep fucking grinding. Yep. And don't let it get you down. That's right. What are we That's, talking uh, about this week? Oh man, we're talking about the the Yogi Guru Predator, That's man, right. Bikram. The Yogi Guru Predator, Bikram Yoga. <laughs> oh my god, dude, I'm excited about this oh, one. Oh man, totally drew a blank there for a second, but I'm super excited about this. I one. love this your female. Idea. I love your female listeners. Would give one million dollars for a drop of my sperm. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. One million. I kid you not. I do if, not. Have if to I was on sex. podcast one time, you guys would be rich millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Been working on my dude, Indian accent for this the one. In- the most incredible case of megalomania I've Holy ever shit, seen, bro. maybe, We in thought real Jim life. Jones was, like, an egomaniac, this guy. Oh, incredible. Like, there was no, there was no denying this guy. He's like, he's like Robert California from The Office. He just walks right. into a situation. I am the fucking lizard king. And he just tells you what's going to happen. I, mean, I am the fucking lizard king. No wonder Nixon pardoned him. Right. <laughs> oh, God. oh, he totally did for sure. Nixon totally definitely got his leg fixed by this guy. Definitely, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> All right, Watergate uh, never would have even happened if it weren't for this guy fixing his leg. I think. Yeah, that's right. That's so. right. All yeah. right, let's get into it. Sarah Bond, Jill Lawler, Maggie Gentler—they felt sexually violated by you. Lie, lie, and lie. If I need women, I can make a lie. The most beautiful, famous, rich women in the world, in the world. If I have to sleep with women, and I have to sleep, you know, 5,000 girls every day. 5,000 women a day want to sleep with you? Yeah. They commit suicide. Four of them. You're saying that four different women? Four different women. Each killed themselves because you wouldn't have sex with them. Why I have to harass women? People pay one million dollars for one drop of my sperm. I can make million dollars a day, every drop. You are that idiot or dumb to believe those trash. The women are the trash? Yeah. I pick them from trash and give them life.
AC on his neck with his eyes on my ass He's a megalomaniac Yeah, I see what you getting at Every time we do downward dog He's like, y'all, face the back, the back He's my only AC on his neck with his eyes on my ass He's a megalomaniac Yeah, I see what you getting at Every time we do downward dog He's like, y'all, face the back the back. He's my only All right, our case this week is a world-class creep. I mean, uh, maybe he had a van early on, but uh, mm. after a while he was driving like Maseratis and fucking right. uh, Rolls Royces and shit like that. But his name was Bikram Chowdhury. Chowdhury. I'm not sure how you pronounce the last Chowdhury. name. Hmm. Chowdhury? Chowdhury. Chowdhury? Chowdhury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing the same uh, thing. I'm he, sorry. I keep thinking I'm going to try yeah. a different pronunciation, and it just keeps coming out the same way. We're not going to say the last name a whole lot. We're going to use Beekram as his that's name right. throughout this. He was born February 10th, 1944. He shares a birthday with Elizabeth Banks and Cliff Burton. Uh, Interesting. I don't know there. who those people are right off the top of my head. Elizabeth Banks, honest. actress. Uh, have you seen uh, Zach and Mary make a porno? Uh, no. What else Hold is on. she in? She was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, she was the, the kind of kinky girl that worked at the bookstore. Okay. Still not and like, ringing a bell. No, not Hold ringing on. a bell. Okay, okay. Cliff oh, Burton was. I the googled b- her. That helps. Got you. I totally remember yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. She's she's funny. Okay. And who else? Um, and then Cliff Burton was a bass player for Metallica, uh, like the original bass player for Metallica, and he died back in like 1986. Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. On uh, a bus crash. Oh wow. Pretty tragic. Okay. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good company though. Talented people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, as well as Beekram is. That- well, um, he was born in. That's true. <laughs> he's, he's talented. talented. There's no denying it. He's a badass. Listen, yogi. dude, I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. I did. I did Bikram yoga. I did it the whole hour and twenty minutes. When was that? Uh, I did that Friday. What? Yeah. Just for this episode? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, but it's actually pretty damn good. Wait, there's a Bikram place in where no, you live? No, you can just go on YouTube. Oh, did you turn the heat up in your house though? I, you know it's got to be hot. I as fuck. know. I tried to turn it up as hot as I could, but you know it's. it's yeah, you're not doing Bikram then. It's got to be 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius for you people overseas. Yeah, well, whatever. But I still did the whole damn routine, and I, and I felt no, I felt count. pretty good afterwards though. Doesn't count. And it's 90 minutes, not 120 or not a, an hour 20, bro. Well, that's how long you did 80 minutes. What kind of bullshit? That's how was long that? the video was. <laughs> well, it's not real Beakram then. We did all of the poses twice, Lauren. It was real Beakram, bitch. Okay? I did it. Fecram. Okay. Did some Fecram yoga. I said Beakram. Didn't I? Uh-huh. I'm going to go back and listen to the recording. In the cool, in, in the AC. That it wasn't count. in the AC, but it wasn't that hot either. But I was wearing like a hoodie and sweatpants. I feel like the heat is the, the biggest part of it. Like that's, that's, it's very crucial. Okay. Well, it's kind of like saying you, you did a bike race and you were on a unicycle or something. I don't know. You think? Although that would be hard. That would be way harder. <laughs> way fucking harder. That would be a bad analogy. I, I really don't think the heat would have um, 
I mean, it definitely would have made it harder, but I don't think it would have stopped. You did. A, you participated in a unicycle race, but you were on a bicycle. Huh. That's better now. That's too easy, though. That's that's also not fair. It's harder no, than no, it bro, looks. I doing. Bro. Oh, I, I have no doubt. I've done Dude. I've done thirty minute yoga routines, and it's it's fairly difficult. I can't even imagine doing just yoga for ninety minutes, let alone doing it in one hundred and four degrees. I'm not gonna. Yeah. And there was also some poses I, I, think I didn't think absolutely. I could do, but like the way they describe it, it's what helps. It's almost like you, you you go into a certain pose, and then you're like, yeah, that's as far as I can go. And then they're like, expand your ribs outward, you know, push your push your face to the ceiling, and you're like, oh, I got a little or, more mo- I got a little more uh, room in there. I got a little more room. Or if it was Beakram, he'd be like, push your back to the back, yeah. bitch. <laughs> I don't want to see that fat bitch. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Like he's he's a little rougher, but uh, the teachers on YouTube they're they're gentle. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trying get to get your back to the wall, bitch. <laughs> you fucker. But they don't do the poses though. None of the instructors do the poses. They're just always like looking around. Well, Beakram didn't do shit during class. He was sitting up on a fucking goddamn air lazy con- boy with air conditioned <laughs> ducks fucking shooting on his back. This cocksucker. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so it great. Is. Can we? Let's it's just literally like Ben Stiller needs to recreate his life with a like a comedic movie. I oh swear to god. god, like him. Just, can you imagine? Yes. Like he. It, Cause he really dives in, like when he did that movie Heavyweights, and he was the, the insane like fitness instructor mm-hmm. guy. Like he could totally do a Beaker movie where he, or Steve Carell or somebody along the. I mean, maybe we could pick an Indian guy. Yeah. Maybe not be. Yeah. What's his name? Aziz Ansari. We could Aziz Ansari. Oh my god. We could have him do a Beaker uh, movie that's a, a straight comedy film. Yeah, I guess so. What about the guy from Harold and Kumar? Oh, dude, he would be perfect. Yeah. That guy's hilarious. He's a genius too. You know, he's like. Super smart. I don't I think doubt he has it. all kinds of like doctorates and degrees. Yeah, and shit. I don't doubt it. He could do it, man. He could totally play Beakram. And oh, he's probably great. he's probably a little older now. I don't know what he's up to nowadays, but I haven't seen him in a while. He might be yeah. the perfect age. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Bikram was a yoga teacher and the founder of Bikram Yoga, a form of hot yoga consisting of a fixed series of 26 postures practiced in a hot environment of 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. And it's like you said, you, you participated. What I was saying earlier is like, it's, it's hard enough just to get through a normal yoga routine. I can't imagine 90 straight minutes, um, in that kind of heat and all yeah. that. I, and I think there's absolutely something to this it to his system or quote unquote his system because it, apparently he just stole it from his master back over in India. Right. That doesn't mean it doesn't uh, work. It doesn't matter problem. that it's stolen. It, it, uh, I mean, it, it does oh, no, matter it that works. it's not his and he made a ton of money off of it. But the fact that, you know, he, he passed the knowledge down in a pretty damn good way. That's kind of undeniable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it, like in the document, okay, so the study source we used for this was uh, a Netflix documentary that's, that's all the rage right now called Bikram. Yogi Guru Predator. And in that, there was a guy that was interviewed who was under the same master as Bikram over in India, still lives in India, still practices yoga and stuff. And he was saying that um, he's he's all cool with, with Bikram or who, anybody who's studied under this guy going over and sharing it with people, but it's just only right to give credit where credit's That's due right. and not take it and make it... Basically, it's just straight-up um, plagiarism or... You know, you're, you're benefiting from someone else's creation. Um, it's like you stole a, a novel from Stephen King's desk when he wasn't around and then threw your name on it and fucking had it published. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, you steal someone's song from SoundCloud and then go produce it legally. Yeah, and, and he never, ever talked about it being his master's series. It was always, I created these 26 postures and 
um, this is my creation and I'm the smartest man you'll ever, you'll ever be around and I'm the smartest man on earth. And I think he just saw, he just saw an opportunity to bring something that, that couldn't have been known to this extent in America. And he knew it was profound already. So he's like, I just need to find the right place to spread this. I mean, he, he was just, he's just a freaking megalomaniac, man. It's just a scam artist. I think he was eventually, I think he was a scam artist at first. And then he started to believe his own bullshit. And that's where the megalomania came in. I think at first he was just like power corrupt. Yeah. At first he was just like kind of fake it till you make it, whatever I got to do to make it here. Right. I mean, this is all I've ever done. You know, I've dedicated my and life everyone to this. bought in because they didn't they didn't dive deep into research when he started becoming popular and he would go on daytime television shows and stuff and he'd be in his little fucking speedo, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is just always kind of strange because it's like daytime TV. They're all dressed up in suits and stuff, and there he is in a speedo, in a speedo <laughs> on the on the stage with them, and like they're gonna buy whatever he's selling. They're gonna believe whatever he says. He says he's a three time yoga champion. You know, which didn't even exist at the time. Right. You know, they're not going to do like a backstory and like research and call people in India and be like, "Is there uh, was he a three time champion?" They're just gonna be like, "Oh wow, they're not even going to check his yoga champion." They're not. They yoga was care. so new that they just hardly even knew what yoga was, let alone that there was a championship in in uh, India. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It was just opportunity. It was a pl- come opportunity to bring something new to a place of ignorance. You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah, and he benefited greatly That's from right. it. Became a multimillionaire. Um, he began learning Hatha yoga poses in the late summer of 1969. In his books, however, he claimed to have begun studying yoga at a very young age and have and claimed to have won a national India yoga championship for three consecutive years in his teens. <laughs> however, after it was uh, held in his backyard, research <laughs> right. <laughs> After later research, it was discovered that the first ever yoga competition in India took place in 1974 uh, after he had already left the country. So, You know, maybe it was like the Super Bowl didn't exist yet, but maybe he won like the uh, whatever the American Football League championships. Maybe there was some other championship that's not even on record that he won. Like you said, that took place in his backyard with him and three other people. (laughs) Right, exactly. He like made his mom compete. No, his mom was the judge. <laughs> made himself a little trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had a tin foil. Just like crumbling right. it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did his whole story, too, that he, t- he told a lot of his story in the Netflix documentary, uh, or at least there was clips of him talking about his life, and he was saying how he had, what was he was, he got into bodybuilding, right? So he won these three yoga championships, and I guess he kind of got bored because he was too dominant right you know how that like, is he was like if bikram shows up then there's no right. point in even doing the competition you i'm not on something you become the best at it you move on because then it gets bored you know it just gets right. boring exactly that's why tiger woods quit that's golf, right. right you know that's why michael jordan tried baseball he just got bored yeah <laughs> it's just too easy man it's like playing madden on rookie mode. right just get bored uh so he got bored and then he decided to uh go into bodybuilding so he got into bodybuilding or power no it was powerlifting sorry mm-hmm. big difference uh powerlifting and he supposedly was set to just dominate in the olympics he's like <laughs> I, I had already had the trophy in the bag right. except uh my spotter guy like dropped 400 pounds on my leg and crushed my leg into a million oh, pieces way to go, fucking spotter guy yeah <laughs> he's probably like in the gym by himself watching a weight slowly yeah. roll and off so the rack he thought his like, life was oh, come on he's just biting down on a belt <laughs> <laughs> Smashed his own foot yeah, so he didn't so, have to so, embarrass himself. 
supposedly he he crushed his leg into a million pieces and he thought his life was over because he was told he like would they supposedly they almost amputated amputated his leg and uh he basically went to a bridge in india to jump off of it and what, what did his yogi teacher show up at the bridge or something because like supposedly he decided or his yogi teacher called him up and said hey come do some yoga which he went and did, got really good at it again after having already been a world champion uh-huh. and basically just did yoga like 20 hours a day out of 24 hours. And uh, I'm paraphrasing because right. this is off the top of my head. I'm just remembering from the documentary. Right. He's sa- Essentially, Yogi saved his leg and he became totally normal again. And and after that, he he basically vowed to his, his yogi instructor that he would share this with the world and this was going to be his life's calling now was to continue yoga forever because it saved his leg. Okay, first off, I would love to see the x-rays of the leg because I doubt right. it was a million pieces. I mean, After he said that part, pieces, I kept... That thing's flopping around like fucking no bones on Harry Potter. You remember that scene where the... Right. He oh, gets yeah. his bones yeah. turned to jelly or whatever? That's what your leg would yeah, be. Yeah, he had to drink the Skelligro. Yeah. There's no way... There's, there's no way that yoga saves your leg from a million pieces. You just freaking cut that shit off or it grows back all weird. You just deal with it. I, well, I, after after his story, I was he's just a liar. He's a compulsive he's a liar. So bullshit. after that, I was I was watching the every time they would show him doing yoga and stuff, which is frequent through the thing. Uh, he's always in in a uh, thong or whatever. Fucking <laughs> <It's> a speedo. <laughs> a speedo. Thank God. It's so it's easy to <laughs> easy enough to see pretty much all of his body. And so I kept staring at his leg, both legs. But I mean, I think he said it was his left leg or something. He right. said which one it was. There was no scars. There's no nothing. nothing. It's like, dude, if your leg got shattered, like you said, into a bunch of pieces, there would have been surgeries. There would have been, you know, you, there would be some obvious signs. Dude, at least you would have one scars leg that's probably stuff. a little more atrophic or shaped differently or yes. something. There would be some deformities. Yes. It just doesn't make I've said sense. it before. If you're a grown man with no deformities, you're like, you're kind of a rarity. Like every, every grown yeah. man I know has some forms of de- deformities from all the different stupid shit we do over our lives. Oh, yeah. Like I have a I have a bent arm. And We're all very <laughs> asymmetrical. Once we yeah. get <laughs> my brother in law is missing several fingers from like a lawnmower accident. Like it just shit happens. Shit happens when you're a dude doing dumb shit all the that's time. That's right. <clears throat> all right. So yeah. So supposedly that's how he dedicated his life once again to yoga after being bored, getting bored with it, going into powerlifting, and then it changing his life. He decided he was going to share this with the world. Um, in 1971. Bikram immigrated to the United States and began to teach yoga. And it supposedly is another one of his stories. His first customer slash client was Richard Nixon. That's right. Which that's quite a way to bust into the scene, right? Like you've never even been to America, but somehow the president's people get a hold of you because his leg hurts. Okay. Could you imagine? And him? supposedly his leg had to be amputated too. His story for Nixon was eerily similar to his own story, wasn't it? Yeah, his leg. He had a bad leg, and it was about to be amputated. Right. And then he comes over and saves it. Right. It's just it's everybody crazy. just struggles with the with these leg problems, dude. I could just <laughs> right. see him like fly into America, and he's asking whoever he's flying with or whatever. He's like, "What is America president?" He'd be like, "Nixon." <laughs> Does he have any problems? And it's like, he's been on the news. He's like, his leg's hurting. I will heal his leg. Take me to him. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> he'll, he'll there leader. And easy. he just walks up in there, you know, and, and it's, I'm guessing he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt or something like that. Like half what do unbuttoned. You do? Just ring the doorbell to the White House or what? Yeah, he probably just walked straight up there and, you know, camera crews were probably in his fucking following. Thong. Right, a Speedo and uh, knocks on the door <laughs> and he's like, I hear you have leg problem. Do you want to make it better or not? <laughs> Let me Supposedly. into this country. <laughs> 
Remember his story? He said supposedly he had him do these stretches in a bathtub. It's yes. like, was he there? Like, was he, was he there in his in his, his speedo <laughs> while Richard Nixon was naked in a bathtub doing stretches? I think he all meant of a sudden like his a limbs pool. gone. I think he meant like a, a like a small pool. I would think. Okay. I don't know. I don't well, know. Either way, supposedly either he way, healed Nixon's leg after his stretches that he taught him to do in the in the tub or pool or whatever. Right. Supposedly Nixon was asked by Beekram, "Okay, which is your bad leg?" and he couldn't figure it out. Oh my god. And all of a sudden his limp was gone. No freaking way. I mean, you only got two okay. of them. You're going to remember which fucking leg was bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. <sighs> Anyways, crazy. He's supposedly Nixon was so smitten by this that he gave Beekram uh US citizenship on the spot. Gave him a green now, card. was there any of this actually confirmed or denied? No, absolutely. It was, it was not confirmed. They looked into it later. You know, like I said, but, everybody initially bought into his stories at face value. They're just like, oh, okay, why would, I, why would he lie? Was it confirmed but bullshit? Years later, though? after many allegations, it wasn't confirmed bullshit, but it was not. They were unable to confirm Interesting. any fact is, it related to. It. I mean, the president, a lot, like, pretty much everything he did on on a daily basis was documented. If he would have met with this guy from another country and given him citizenship, there would have been record of That's it. And uh, all point. the all the record keepers in the White House and everything, uh, they were unable to. They were asked later to find some record of this. They were completely una- unable to find anything like that. So. Hmm. We can go ahead and pretty much say it's bullshit. Yeah, it's definitely bullshit. I was just trying to, you know, play devil's advocate, right. trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no doubt. I mean, he definitely got involved with powerful people, and he was uh, teaching a lot of celebrities, and they were they were going on TV and talking about how powerful this yoga was. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he became a staple in Los Angeles and in, in uh, Hollywood and blew up. Dude, didn't Joe Rogan talk the, about him or does Bikram yoga or something? I swear to God, I've he, heard he, him talk Rogan, about that. Rogan has definitely done hot yoga, and I think he still does regularly. But I don't, I don't know if he spoke on that. I don't listen to him all that much anymore. Yeah. It's just too too many episodes, and I'm I'm busy. Yeah, I haven't listened but to him in a while, I but think I'm he's pretty sure he's talked spoken about spoken on Beakram before. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. I have to look back and see see what his opinion. Like is. I said, I like I said, I want to do hot yoga, and I I bet I, I know there's a lot to with the. I know Rogan always talks about the heat shock proteins and all that, and he has that scientist on to talk about how extreme temperatures can do a lot for your health as far as like going into the the cryo chamber and, and going into like negative Absolutely. 200 degrees like extreme cold and yes. extreme heat can do a lot of things for your body as far as recovery and all that Absolutely. So I have no doubt that hot yoga is great for your joints and all that stuff and Dude, I'm almost heals a lot of ailments that you have. Yeah, like with with most pain that I have, dude, I'm almost completely off of like any type of pain like even ibuprofen even like fever reducers or whatever I'm, i don't really take anything anymore i just ice things right. on and off and you know stretch and lightly work like like I, dude i had a pulled muscle in my back to neck it was like right there like back of your shoulder but it hurts when you turn your neck dude i had that thing for like four days and i just like i had that, that exact thing for months months oh bro and it was God. it was actually a pinch from jujitsu i had a pinched nerve in my neck that was actually affecting my whole right side it was actually like my right arm yeah and my right pec wouldn't work i couldn't do i could only i couldn't even do like 10 push-ups Oof. which before i could do 100 easily yeah you know, like yeah mine got that bad brag. mine got that bad where <laughs> but, i couldn't do push-ups like, you're right it, I'm just now getting back to where I'm somewhat normal, but this is like an ongoing thing all through fall where I like my whole right side wouldn't work. And it started as a pain in my shoulder blade and like would work up into my neck. 
and I was doing like this series of stretches that I had learned from YouTube and icing it, like you yep. said, nonstop. I never did do any painkillers because I just I thought I think that does is mask the problem. It you does. know, you need to work on getting it better. But yeah, it was scary shit. Pinch nerve. It's weird how it can like shut down muscle groups. You yes. know, like that that uh, fighter boss Rutan. If you look him up, he has one arm. He was a a badass fighter in Pride, uh, Pride MMA back in the day. But he uh, has one arm that's like completely shrunken and like like thirty percent of what it used to be because he. It's not a pinch nerve in his case. It was like a damaged nerve, or like you saw what happened with Peyton Manning, right? And like nerves are scary, scary shit. So. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I was dealing with as a pinched nerve for a while. There was something that was irritated or engorged that was did, pushing on that nerve and making my other muscles not work. Wow. Real quick, we'll get back to it. But did you feel like a knot in there? Like that you could move around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I had too. Yeah. So there's a, a series of stretches on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. This is helping anyone, but I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people get that same pain in their shoulder Dude, blade shoulder and stuff. Pain, there's yeah. a, that's everybody. But it, it, it may that. be an it, it may have begun in the neck, and there's a series of stretches. I forget what it's called, but if you look up on YouTube, it's like you do like uh, chin tucks, and then you do like where you bring your head all the way back as far as it'll go, and then you do to the side. And what it does is it isolates the source of the pain. It brings the pain back because what happens with what happened with me is like the, the with the nerve situation, the pain started to go down further and further from the actual centralized location of where the damage was mm -hmm. which was in my neck it was going down into my shoulder blade then down my right arm and like into my fingers i would get like tingle like numbness in my fingers whoa it was scary but like yeah. by doing that series of stretches it would bring the uh, source of the pain back to where it belongs and then it can actually begin to heal by doing that with ice and heat and all that ah that makes sense i, I constantly yeah, stretched so. mine it just felt right I was like, this is this right. is definitely helping. I, I didn't know how, and it still hurt after I got done, but I just stayed at it and kept right. icing. My my neck is so jacked up, dude. It sounds like fucking Rice Krispie Treats when I move it around. There's just so many cracks and snaps and shit in there. Dude, get on that Bikram yoga, dude. You do some good spinal know, cord I stuff. To. I need to mix that into the routine. That's right. For sure. All right, are we enough? Uh, are we done with the therapy yeah, podcast, we, physical we, therapy? Shit, does anybody left to talk about true crime? <laughs> yeah, seriously we're so bad all right so he opened his first studio in los angeles teaching his own style of yoga bikram yoga of course and in 1984 he married rajari chowdhury who assisted him in founding the united states yoga federation and the international yoga sports federation the iysf um of course, she won the, the first national yoga championship held by the Yoga Federation of India in 1979, followed by four more consecutive years as national yoga champion. I'm sure there was no bias there when you like found the organization. Right, right. And Some uh, John DuPont stuff. Yeah, you're also the champion. <laughs> you start <laughs> the championships. You have the wrestling tournaments, and oh, then you win man. them. There's a little bit of John DuPont to the Bikrams, aren't there? Oh, yeah. A little bit of megalomania, bit bro. To, it's there. To Bikram and the... Uh, yeah. yeah the uh, Chowdhury's. Uh, Bikram Yoga expanded rapidly across America in the early 1990s. He began offering nine-week teacher certification courses, training thousands of instructors, and that's where the that was the gravy train. That's where the money started rolling in for him, and that's when you see him driving around in Bentleys and Phantoms and you name the, the highest-end cars, and he had a mansion, and he always had the, the highest-end fashion, and mm -hmm. his wife had everything you can imagine. Yep. Um, was when he started doing these seminars to to teach 
teachers, future treat teachers. And the, basically the, the goal of all the people going to these was to open their own studios under Bikram's name because they knew that was a gravy train. Right, because at this point, I don't um, think Bikram's even teaching classes to the public. Well, unless they were probably taped. No. I'm sure he did the taped ones, the televised ones yeah. or whatever. Or like high-end private lessons for celebrities or something right. like that. You know? But for the most part, it was his his students who were doing the teaching to the public, but he was spending a lot more time with them. And, and then that doing so, these girls were spending a lot more private time with them. And if they wanted to have more, you know, choice of where they taught or how they taught or whatever, right. you know, they kind of had to do the things that he said. This is where it starts getting kind of creepy. Well, yeah, it's franchising at this point. It's like this is how you really build an empire. It's like you want to open your own firehouse subs or whatever. You know, it's like they wanted to open a Bikram yoga. They didn't want to open just any yoga place. They wanted to put that Bikram name on it because they knew it already was made infamous. Right. You know, it was already like that was going to get them a certain amount of people just off the bat just by having that name on yep. it. That's right. You know, so and so, yeah, like he's he starts training these nine week teacher certification courses and there would be as many as 500 people in one course over that nine week period. And each of them were paying five to $10,000. The later, later on, like over the years, it started to go up, you know, I think near the end before the allegations and everything, he was charging like 10 grand a person. And you think about wow. 500 people times 10 grand over nine weeks, that's a lot of cash. That's huge. You know, and most, I guarantee you 90% of it was going straight to his pocket. You know, he was, there was not a lot of, infrastructure it was just pretty much like they would rent a big banquet hall at a hotel yeah. and it would be him teaching and you know there was it's perfect he doesn't even need clothes he just needs yeah. a speedo I mean, he, he saves needs a microphone so much and a and an elevated uh recliner chair for him to sit in with a with an ac duct yeah a throne to sit upon his back yeah yeah and the way it worked was everyone that was there uh had to be recommended by their own yoga instructor so all these people were the chosen people you know they would be like the talented person at their own yoga school and the teacher would say, hey, you should consider becoming an instructor for Bikram. I'll recommend you to him. And that's how they would get into these, this nine-week course. So they already felt special going there. So what do you think these you know, teachers part of got it. as a kickback for recommending these students? They definitely had to have gotten something, right? They're, they, why would they do exactly. it for no reason? Why would you send your best students away from your studio? Right. So there must have been some sort of kickback there as well. Or maybe that you're right. just talking, I'm sure it happened in-house as well. So students that were already proficient enough to be teachers who had their studios were just picking out the next teachers and so on yep. and so on. Yeah, so I see what you're saying. That's just an internal feed system. That's just what you would be taught to do. Yep. Bikram Yoga Studios would be founded in many countries around the world, and it became all the rage with many celebrities seen par uh, partaking and discussing its benefits publicly. Before long, Bikram had built a $100 million empire with 650 studios in America alone. It's insane. Um, yeah, just blew up. Man. And he was seen. You get a studio, yeah, all over and TV you get shows. a studio, and you get a studio. Right. <laughs> Dude, sold out big time. Wow. But hey, at this time, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's the American dream, right? You know, he's expanding his, he created a, a, a brand, right? You know, and he was franchising it all over the place and as long as the people were trained properly in each studio was doing Bikram the way it was supposed to be done I mean I, I at least think that it was done right and that they had to go do a nine-week course to learn how to do it train it properly right it made sense except but when you start hearing all the stuff that was going on in these training courses 
though some certainly uh, found and continue to find Bikram's um, hot yoga studio life changing. He allegedly harmed some practitioners, and uh, well, that's why that's we're what that documentary about. series is really about, or that documentary. Um, the Netflix documentary Bikram Yogi Guru Predator identifies the purported sins of Bikram and speaks to people caught in the co- in their crosshairs. So, I'd like we kind of mentioned how you had to be already the chosen one at your studio to even part- to be able to go and be a part of this nine week course, right? So that I think already. And, you're looking at this as becoming your new future. Like this is going to be your calling. You're going to own a, your own Bikram yoga studio. This is going to be your livelihood. Um, and so there was already a, a, that amount of power that he had over them before they even got there. You know, like their, their future depends on this getting through this course and then they can open their own studio, getting his stamp of approval to open their own Bikram studio. Absolutely. So I mean, this is a huge dream because these are people who truly believed in this method and it r- truly changed their lives, like for the better. And then now yeah. they can implement their job with the thing that changed their life, the thing that they, right. you know, give that title to. That, You know what I'm trying to say? You're right. right. It is. It's, it's their, it's their pa- dream. It's not only their passion. It's like the, it would be their dream. Imagine getting paid to do yeah. what you like to do, anyways. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the guy that they interviewed who was 300 pounds going into the going into doing his first Bikram class, yeah. and right away Bikram tore him down. Said, you know, I, I don't want to see your fat jiggle. Yeah, suck that in, and yeah, you know. And he said, I needed to hear that. Like some, I, I guess some people, tough love is is definitely if everyone is always easy on them and, and they never push themselves through anything, it, that kind of thing can be just hearing that can be life changing well, for some people. And it was for him. And that's why he held Bikram in such high regard. And even to the end, he didn't want to believe the allegations and eventually he had to, there was just too much evidence and he decided that he couldn't do anything under the Bikram name anymore. And that was an interesting dude. Cause he was like crying at the end. He's like, this man changed my life and he was always good to me, but I just can't, I can't like ignore these allegations anymore right right you know that's one of the downsides of having such a accepting society you know i mean it's a lot of good things about it you know accepting people the way they are encouraging people blah 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 but at the same time you're not going to get that if you really aren't happy being overweight and everyone's telling you that oh you look good and blah 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 and then you're thinking well you're not going to have much motivation you know what i'm saying you're not gonna but if somebody tells you that like like Bikram did, is just straight up up front. You know, it was yeah. the shocker that he knew. He was like, wait a minute, yeah, I am fat. Everybody tells me that I look amazing, but I I don't, and I don't think that I do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes right. getting that that little uh, slap back to reality, I think we all need that sometimes. Yeah, the there's a, that book, actually, to go back to Joe Rogan for just a second. He had a, a, a an author on, Stephen Pressfield, who wrote a book called The, the, uh, the War of Art, and it talks a lot about resistance that we all have resistance within us. Have you ever heard about that or read that book? I have heard about it's it. It's a really not read quick book, read, no. man. It's I, I can't not recommend that book enough. And also, like revisiting that book as far as like not sugarcoating things for yourself, not giving yourself all these breaks every day. Every day you're faced with decisions. You can take an easy route. You can always do that, the easy, comfortable route, or you can, you know, try something that is better for you long term you know, force yourself to go work out or force yourself to better yourself. And a lot of times people all continually every day, they pick the easy one and it, it, it makes you feel good in that moment. 
but it's not better for you overall. You know, like after a tough workout or whatever, some, doing something you didn't want to do initially, you, you are happy. Like you got through it and you're so glad you did it 99% of the time. Yep. And you're a better person. Like I do it because afterwards I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a, you know, if I force myself to go do something I didn't really want to do, but I know long, it, it's better for me overall. You're just so much easier to be around so much better. You're happy yep. with you. Cause you, you're not, you're not running from resistance. Like he, he constantly uses that term resistance. And I think it's a beautiful way of, of describing it really it. is. And it gets easier. The resistance, resistance gets constantly less and less. pushing against us, but it, it gets yeah. less and yeah, less. Exactly. The more you, you get, eventually it. you get momentum going. That's right. Then, yeah. And then there's like, what resistance? This is just how I live. Right. Yeah. Right. And so this, all this stuff he had, he had over these people going into it and they thought he was this guru and, and he was this life-changing man and they really believed he came up with this system. And, uh, and so this is the mindset they're going into this nine week training course with. And so he already has this great power over these people and he abused it. There's no denying he abused it, man. You can just, you just, even just the behavior we have on tape to me is he was pretty cruel to a lot of people. Right. And also you you just get the sense this guy, the, the megalomaniac, as you said, yeah. that he is, he's not going to take no for an answer from anybody Dude, because he, he thinks he's like the second coming of God. You know, like he's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. He, he would tell people, I can't tell you who I am because it would blow your mind or whatever. Like, just oh yeah, to, you, you're not even extent. smart enough to understand my brilliance. Like. Right, and to me, I'm sitting here as an interviewer. I'm like, you're not even smart enough to come up with a real answer, or explain what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like those, you're just, just revert, reverting back to yourself being above everything that you don't have to answer for anything. And you could tell that he pushed himself, like not only physically, but I think also emotionally into these people's lives. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he oh, yeah. made it a big part. He, I guarantee you, however their yoga um, session went that day, it controlled their whole day, maybe their week, you know what I mean, as it went on. Right. These, I'm talking about these instructors. I'm not talking about people that just come right. regular. Right. But, I mean, like you said well, before. That's, the, that's from, the majority. That, Like we said, he was. that's the, the majority of the people he was training were the future instructors in right. this nine-week course that he would do. They were paying a ton of money to be there. That's another thing. They already had a huge financial investment in this. And so, like, if he does something uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable with during this nine week course, are you like, let's say it's not like over the top yet, but you're like, that's kind of weird that he just kind of rubbed up on me that way, or yeah. said that strange comment, or whispered in my ear like we should be together, whatever. You already have say five, ten thousand dollars. Maybe that's your life savings, and this is your future. Like you're going to open a, a shop right. and everything. It's like, and you're thinking, I'm going to have gonna, my own studio. Most people are not going to just, yeah. No, most people are not going to have the conviction to just drop everything right then and like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with what you just did, and just leave and make a big scene. And then also, there's that peer pressure because everyone else around you in that course thought that, you know, your whole social network is all like-minded people who are invested in the Bikram system, and they have the same mindset. And it's like, if you're the one who makes a big scene. Do you, who do you think they're going to side with? They're going to side with the guru, and, you know, like, oh, you were just being weak, you know, right. whatever. And also, uh, yoga already has that kind of underlying sexual nature to it. You know what I mean? And then you're turning right. into the oh, hot definitely. aspect, and then everyone's half naked. You know what I'm saying? So yep. everyone's kind of like, relax, like, chill out. You know, you don't want to be that one, that one buzzkill. I mean, he didn't even let people, like, leave the room to go to the bathroom and shit like it, right. it was a certain tone like and like you said the peer pressure even though no one was talking the peer pressure in that room had to be ridiculous 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite parts was the defense attorney for his head of illegal affairs that uh, served as his his legal liaison person, like a person he directly used and, and dealt with on a regular basis who decided to sue him after she was abruptly and unlawfully terminated. He, she worked for him from 2011 to 2013. Her name was uh, Menashka uh, Jaffa Bowden. We'll just go with that because mm-hmm. it's a tough one to pronounce. Okay. Um, she served as the head of legal information or international affairs for him for over two years. And when stuff started, shit started hitting the fan, um, he started kind of blaming her for everything when he was getting attacked legally and all these allegations were coming his way about sexual assault and all the stuff which we're about to get into. Right. Uh, she decided to have a lawsuit against him as well for, you know, illegally firing him for nothing, really. And uh, my favorite part was the attorney that she hired was a no bullshit woman who inter- was interviewed during this Netflix documentary. And she, the way she described him was just, she kept saying he was like as dumb as a post. Like, you remember that part? She was saying what? She was saying like, he, Beekram is as dumb as a post. Like oh, he is yeah, the, yeah. one of the dumbest, dullest dudes. Like he, he puts off this persona. Like he's so, you know, it's like, he tries to convince people that he's so smart that he's not even going to bother explaining to you because you're just not even worth it. But really, it's just he has no way of explaining. Exactly, anything that's what I was just saying earlier when he was on that when he yeah. was in that interview. Exactly, that's that's all it is, man. It's, he just can't think of anything to say, and he has these default responses that also suit and, his ego. And the, the defense attorney also like she she loved like basically they were like holding him hostage by making him sit down in uh, court hearings and listen to these allegations and. He just because he's such a megalomaniac, he couldn't sit there and he couldn't take it. There's video of him in a suit sitting there in depositions and stuff, and he just he cannot he couldn't take the fact that a female was sitting there telling him what to do that he had to be there right because he's so used to running everything, doing whatever he wants. He has all more money than God. You know, he's driving around in Bentleys and he's running the show. Thousands of people have to listen to him when at these conventions and. Everyone thinks he's God, you know, and it's like now he's being forced to sit here and listen to this stuff, and he, he would explode on them in these hearings and depositions. It was torture. He would, it was torture for him, and and it was like not helping his case as far as, you know, the way he was seen by these judges was it was not helping his case at all. Dude, if we ever get him back to the U.S., we should have a Beakram roast on Comedy Central. <laughs> oh my god talk about ultimate just, revenge you'd have to, that would you'd destroy have to strap him. him to the chair dude. you'd have to strap him to the chair and duct tape his mouth probably he'd probably be yelling over everyone's yeah. jokes and shit yep oh it'd be, oh for sure yeah. not guy can't take a joke very well let's put it that way He's oh, not, no 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 not all that self-aware mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so um before long uh he had like we'd mentioned he had a hundred million dollars and 650 studios uh, and then the uh, allegations started to come out. He reportedly preyed on women in his teach, teacher training courses, uh, which we mentioned it cost up to $10,000 just to be there. Since 2013, six women have come forward accusing uh, Bikram of allegedly sexually assaulting them and uh, one woman of, of flat-out uh, rape, and she was in the documentary Dude, I as believe well. her. Uh, I believe her 100%. Larissa, Larissa Anderson was her name. She sued... Bikram and Bikram's Yoga College of India in August of 2013. The suit alleged she was sexually assaulted by him in October of 2011. Um, yeah, her story was that he, she was invited over to his house, 
like she became that close with him mm-hmm. um, that she was invited to his house and uh, I guess his wife and his kids had gone to bed and they were he was sitting there uh, watching a movie with her and she wanted she's like I want to go to bed and he was like no I'll just stay up a little bit longer and eventually he tried to make a move on her she re- she said no resisted got up and started to leave the room in which point he came over and had his way with her uh, and she out of peer pressure and everything else didn't say anything because you know she was about to open her studio mm-hmm. and she went home and told her best friend and told and made her swear that she wouldn't say anything um it wasn't until later when uh other allegations came out that she realized she wasn't the only one that had experienced this and decided to come out and talk about right. it right and uh, uh, now real quick she wasn't him. supposed to be there uh if you're wondering why she was there in the first place she something had happened with her hotel and her reservations she needed one night where she could, she basically needed one night to stay somewhere. It was like the first night of the training. She didn't have a, a place to stay for that night. It may have been Beekram's doing. Yeah. It may, it have, may been, have been. It wouldn't, I wouldn't And then he happened. said, you know, well, you can just stay with, at my place tonight. And so that's why she was there in the first place. It wasn't, she didn't just come over there just to hang out with him and right. his family. It wasn't right. like some, that kind of weird situation. So. Well, not only that, I mean, there was that, that weird power thing he had over these people. You know, he was he. There was some of the more uh, beautiful girls that would be at these conventions uh, at, in the teacher training courses. He would constantly request them to be around him. He never supposedly he never slept. It's another thing. It's like he thought of himself the way like Kim Jong Un has talked about, where right. he doesn't sleep, doesn't have a butthole, and all that. What do you, what do you <laughs> think? Movie. What do you think is up with that? The not sleeping stuff. What's up with that? Is that just paranoia? He's saying Bikram yoga is so powerful that you don't need to sleep. He's saying like some of these poses are, are the equivalent of like an hour sleep or two right. hours sleep. Okay. Like just doing this pose for a couple minutes is like it's it, the recovery is the same as sleep. Okay. Well, the fact the fact stands though that the dude did not sleep much. So so what do you think oh, no, really he happened here? Drugs. Drugs. Okay, that's what I think too. Come okay, on, dude. I'm just this making sure. I'm just making sure we're Hollywood. on the same page here. It's cocaine. He's the man. He's the man in Hollywood in the night in the eighties and nineties. He's the man, millionaire, driving around in fancy. There's blow everywhere. Absolutely. Okay. That's cocaine. That's that's what I was thinking too. It's a hell of a drug. It ain't got nothing to do with that damn yoga, bro. It's damn cocaine. Your body needs sleep. So, so if you're wondering why he was sweating like everyone else at the Beaker (laughs) conventions, even though he was sitting in an air conditioned seat, (laughs) there you go. In a speedo. He's (laughs) (laughs) sitting. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, so but like we said, he would he would request them to be around him constantly. Like they'd get back to the hotel after doing yoga all day, they'd be exhausted, and he, you know, certain handpicked women he would request to be in his hotel room with him. He's he would say, "I'm bored, I need company," and he would make them sit there and watch movies with him. I'm sure hoping that something would happen, but it wouldn't because you know he's a, he's a kind of old creepy dude at this point. He's creepy, man. you know, and he's also like their guru. You know, like they don't want that relationship with him. They, you know, they look at him in this higher regard, and then he's trying to get them to jerk him off, and it's just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but when you put it that way, like Lauren, anything he, sounds creepy. Right. Well, when the allegations started coming out, and he was interviewed, you know, by different media outlets, it, the ego was on full display. It's like, do you think I would need to? take anything or assault oh, any woman yes. or whatever i can millions of women would line up to be with me at any moment right you know and instead of pay money for one drop of my sperm and this and that right instead of um you know offering up real evidence an actual alibi he would just say shit like that over and over again just like oh right. how dare you why do you think oh yeah I and then would, when in like, depositions dude, just... when hit with these allegations he would plead the fifth over and over yep. again which 
comes with a bit of guilt built into a it. A bit? You know, pleading the fifth. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if someone says, hey, did you rape me? Are you going to go, I plead the fifth? Are you going to go, fuck no, I didn't rape you. What are you talking about? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't, it never hurts to say no. Like, why would it hurt to say no? Why would you just plead the fifth when you could just say no, I didn't? Well, you know why? Because I think he's a megalomaniac and there's a little bit of power that he likes with having oh, that yeah. conviction upon him. But he doesn't want to admit to it. I don't even to have it. to acknowledge your question, in a sense. Right. But no, I mean also the fact of being a predator. I think he feeds on that a yeah. little bit. You see what I'm saying? But he yeah. also knows that it's illegal, and that's not something right. that he can can boast about in this situation. So instead of saying no and giving up that, that aspect of it, you say, I plead the fifth. Right. So... Yeah, no doubt. It was, it, it, he was as power-hungry as they get. Absolutely. He wanted to display his dominance over whatever room he walked into, and that was part of the pleading the fifth thing, I think, is just like taking the power back from them. Yeah, you're not getting shit from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one suit, so all these, the, all these allegations and lawsuits start coming down on him, and one of them described a cult-like atmosphere where members of uh, Bikram's inner circle help him find young women to assault. Uh, and there's... Yeah, this is so, it became so cult-like. And if you watch the footage of him doing these seminars, it was, it, it was a cult at that point. It was. It was like he was able to stand up there. And I think it's funny how he was always elevated with his giant chair up there and like yeah. basically it's like they preaching to these people. And like it wasn't just yoga related, you know. It's like he was up there talking about himself and how great he was. Yeah, and, and he would sing to how him you and stuff. Need to listen to me no matter what. Like, Remember when he would sing yeah, to him? singing oh, to him. Oh, so God. creepy. Don't even. And these and even the women that are being interviewed in the documentary are saying he's had a beautiful voice. And then they show the footage and I'm like, well, huh? Uh, Man, you really were like clouded. Your judgment was a little bit clouded by were. your love for this guy because, yeah, the, the singing voice was not all that. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, another suit claimed that Bikram recruited volunteers from overseas who are, quote unquote, so in fear of his wrath that they will travel to the U.S. and risk violating immigration laws in order to serve him. Hmm. I'm sure he got off on that as well. Let's see how far they'll go for me. Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, he expected this at this point. He expected absolute, you know, servitude at this point. I think if they weren't. They weren't willing to give it all. He probably just moved, got rid of them, kept their money, you know, no refunds. Yep. And so uh, also Bikram yoga teacher Sarah Bond filed a sexual harassment suit in March just before the uh, unlawful firing of his uh, legal affairs woman who sued him later as well. And in December 2015, after 31 years of marriage, he filed for divorce or his wife filed for divorce, Rajari. Uh, citing inconcilable in, in, uh, differences. Now, this, there's speculation, or it's it's kind of, it makes sense that they did this uh, to protect their assets because by now there was so many lawsuits coming at him that were going to, threatening to take all of his, you know, fancy cars, right. his, his mansion and all that. And this is like a, a strategic move by the couple, I think, more so than a, their their marriage wasn't working or whatever because I think they were always a it was always a business marriage I think his it's they speculate his wife was kind of cool with him uh, sleeping with other women and all that cool with whatever he that did seemed, because she that loved seemed the money. pretty evident she had you know yeah yeah and so th- this lawsuit right. it was more a way of protecting 
his assets. Right. So he put everything in her name and then fled the country is what ended up happening as this shit was going down because he didn't want to pay he didn't want to pay uh Jaffa Bowden, um, his former uh legal and international affairs woman after she won a six six point uh almost a seven million dollar lawsuit against him. She ended up winning for that unlawful termination that Damn. she for him firing her over nothing. And then also she claimed there was a lot of sexual harassment going on. Yeah, she split his world wide open. All kinds of stuff going on. She she won that suit. Yeah, and so to protect all of his assets, he him and his wife get divorced and she they they put everything in her name and he flees the country and it sucks because then Jaffa Bowden didn't see any money because you know, he was it was out of the US jurisdiction. They weren't gonna they weren't going to deport him back to the US to face any because it wasn't like criminal he wasn't he hadn't been uh, convicted of any criminal mm-hmm. charges. It was more a civil suit, and so like they weren't going to deport him for that. He hadn't, unfortunately, the uh, what was it? The district attorney in Los Angeles de- decided decided not to bring him up on criminal charges and to make him face trial for these rape allegations and stuff. Even though there was quite a bit of evidence and circumstantial and witnesses around and all that, they the the attorney for Jaffa Bowden kept pushing and writing letters to the district attorney trying to get her to, you know... Right, to pursue him. Bring up charges on him so they could... To pursue him, but they kind of were just kind of letting him run off, and um, he's still kind of doing his thing in other countries. Yeah, too bad they couldn't find some uh, tax shit on him, you know? Some tax shit, that'll get get America after him. They'll get his ass back here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, surely he uh, fucked up on some taxes somewhere. That's where I'd be looking, because when when he owes... This when he owes his ex lawyer money, the country ain't gonna do nothing to get him back just because he owes you money. He, they don't give a shit about that. Like if he owed us money as a country, right. okay, now we're talking. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but he was probably he was probably good with that stuff. He probably yeah that dotted his eyes, crossed his t's with all that shit. Oh yeah, that's the one thing that'll bring you down. Yep. Every time. <clears throat> In May 2016, Bikram returned to India where he began opening yoga studios. Uh, on October 2016, his attorney stated that his client will not return to the United States to defend himself in person at the other pending court cases and hopes to be able to testify via Skype. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. In a late so you're acting like you still want to cooperate, but you're like, well, we're not. We're going we're gonna to do it from here, if that's cool. Uh, I'll Skype you. I'll Skype you. How's that work? We'll, we'll, we'll Skype you. I'll just hang out here. <laughs> right. Uh, in late 2016, uh, in an interview with Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, uh, Bikram responded to the ac- accusations by asking, why would I have to harass women? People spend $1 million for a drop of my sperm. He then called his accusers trash and psychopaths. Oh, man. Megalomania, it's, bro. It's a disease. Fucking unreal. It's a real like, mental disease, I think. In May 2017, a warrant was issued for his arrest by a Los Angeles judge on the grounds that he'd fled the country without paying any of the $7 million owed to Jaffa Bowden in compensation and punitive damages. An additional fraudulent transfer lawsuit was filed against his wife and children who had allegedly assisted him in hiding, uh, absconding with their attempt to dispose of assets. And in 2017, Larissa, uh, Larissa Anderson, the one who you know we talked about um, he had allegedly raped, uh, agreed to a settlement for an undisclosed amount, knowing Bikram would likely never step foot on the U.S. again, and a trial would never happen. So yeah, it kind of sucks as they ended up. Her and the uh, a couple of the other accusers had to take settlements, which 
you know, they said in the documentary they weren't happy with. They wanted justice, uh, mm-hmm. but they, they at a certain point they had to realize that he was. They were, you know, trial was never going to happen. He was never coming back to the U.S. Right, and um, they might as well make some money off of it. Right. Yeah, I can't blame him for that. That fight, it, it's. I mean, at that point, it's better to move on with your life. Yeah. You're getting. You're just going to keep drawing this up. You're going to have to keep reliving the same fucking nightmare over and over again. Take some yeah. money, start over new. Yeah. And at least his his he wasn't able to keep living his f- fabulous life in America and. His name was besmirched, and people now know the kind of man he is. And that's right. There that's are right. still some some loyal Bikram people out there. He's still making money doing these uh, teacher training courses in other countries. Unfortunately, um, for now, women all over the world still fly to Mexico to take his teacher training courses held in Princess Mundu Imperial Hotel. Simply, uh, similarly, studios inspired by his practices continue to proliferate. Yeah, so in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't think there's any Bikrams in uh, Bikram Studios flourishing in America anymore. Uh, probably there not. There was one but in the, Vegas. I looked it up, and it, they hadn't had a, a post on their blog or a post in anything uh, since 2015, I believe it was. Yeah, so. they've probably all been renamed now. Yeah, they're probably exactly. they're still doing it. They just renamed it. Yeah. Right. It's just like hot yoga now, or firehouse yeah. yoga, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> firehouse. Yeah. Sweat there actually was yoga. one. There was a woman in the in the documentary that her place was called Firehouse Yoga. Perfect. I was like, right on. That makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> a woman who attended uh, Bikram's training class in January 2019 wrote a blog post in which she wrestles with her love between her love for the practice and her disappointment for its founder. This is uh, a quote from her blog post. I don't condone the deviations he's taken in his personal life or the way he used his power to exploit other people, willingly or unwillingly. I hope his heart bears a heavy burden and that justice and truth prevail, but I still believe in the yoga. And to summarize my trip to be- to meet Bikram, my pilgrimage to the source, I am very glad I went. Um, she also expressed a sentiment parsed often in the documentary, can Bikram devotees separate the art from the artist, yoga from the yogi? Um, Absolutely. Because it's not his yoga in the first place. That's easy. Yeah, just don't. Uh, I think the best thing to do is to do hot yoga, but don't uh, give any money to the Bikram name or to that. You know, don't don't yeah, go to the original, seminars uh, in Mexico guy. and again continue to contribute to that man because you know at a certain point you have to start to believe these allegations and there's a lot of circumstantial stuff to believe it. And yet, if you, I believe the accusers in this case. You know, it's just this guy is. A, just watching and hearing how he talks is just to me that's almost enough evidence in itself. Absolutely, that's that's really all. When you see the level of megalomania, it's like you know he's anything he wanted, he was going to take it. Yeah, or at least try to take it. Yeah, and that's enough evidence for me right there. Yeah, I mean the guy said the president of the United States pardoned him. Right. I mean, come on, man, it's just. And yeah, to say, well, they could have the gotten country. out at any time, or why did they stay around? It's like we are, we discussed that throughout this. They had so much invested in it. That's right. And I think they were just hoping that he was going to stop, and they would tell him no, and he would continue to do it and abuse or his they power. Thought, you know. Or they thought, well, look, I'm, once this is over, I'm opening my studio in St. Louis, or I'm opening mine in New York. They they thought, right. and I'll be once, done if I it. can just, yeah, if I can just get through this, mm-hmm. I'll have everything I want, and I'll be far away from them, and it's not going to matter. Exactly. But, well, well but, he's still doing his thing in Mexico. If you want to go uh, get some lessons. Uh, nah, it's free on YouTube. 
<laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's everything's on YouTube, man. Yeah. Shit, you probably watch this documentary on new t- YouTube. Yeah, well, or Netflix. That's Beakram. We it. did another Netflix documentary, guys. We hope you enjoyed our take on it, um, and hopefully the audio was good on this one, and we don't have any mishaps. Right. It sounds good to me, man. It sounds uh, yeah. good so far. We will so, be back uh, next week with a Patreon exclusive episode. Yeah, Speaking we will. Of Patreon. Check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash True Crime Guys. All kinds of content on there. For two dollars a month, you get access to all of it. Um, yes. If you want to go so go up to the five dollar level, you get the, the very prestigious gold Creep Van sticker with only which only you know very select people in the world. Um, right. We're also having yoga convention coming up soon uh, for only gold Creep Van members. So yeah. look forward to that. Oh, real quick on Patreon, uh, guys. On uh, if you're on Android, which that's the mobile app that sucks on Android. If you go up to your Patreon home screen, when you uh, pull it up, it'll say "Get RSS Link." There'll be a tab at the top or at the bottom. I'm sorry. You can click that link, and then you can open it up in another. That's that's an easier way than going through the email and all that shit. They put it right on the the home page of the Patreon app now. Oh, hell yeah. So you can, it's easy. So I, I linked mine to Podcast Addict, and it works great. Every time a sound file goes up, boom, it's right there. I get a notification. And uh, I was looking at it the other day, and we got like 83 or 84 sound files on Patreon right now. Yeah, because you also get Michael's show, Higher Thoughts. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say so that 30-something of them are Higher Thoughts. So, And then also I release MP3s, uh, some of the intros that – if that are requested or whatever the mp3s are on there and they're available for download i had somebody ask me that on twitter they were like i got a good idea you should put mp3s on a patreon for us to download i'm like hey we already do that obviously you're not a patron i'm kidding i didn't say that right. but i <laughs> but you're i was like no, a freeloader <laughs> you're obviously a freeloader you don't know that no yeah. but uh there's there's tons of stuff there on patreon guys but two bucks a month gets yep and, gets access to all that and then there's other perks right. as well patreon.com slash true crime guys Yep, check it out. And also, uh, you should check out Oh My Gaia. Right, Lauren? Yes, an all-natural... Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, how's it go? A, an uh, innovative... Yes, an all-natural all natural deodorant, deodorant and beard oil company. Fragrance and beard oil company. Specializing oh, yeah, in parabens and aluminum-free products. Yeah, because there's incense now, so she added to it, huh? That's right. There's some true crime incense. Don't know how long those are going to be around. I think she's kind of testing the waters with this. I'm trying to get all that she has, so there probably is none to sell. Um, oh, dude. Incense on our on our new balcony have been epic. Aren't they nice? And the, dude, the smell so lasts forever. Yep. You light one of those true crime pine incense, the smell lasts forever. For real. It smells amazing. But they're in they're in Oh My Gaia, their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. Guys, there's tons of scents to choose from. There's vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, gypsum musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside. We have our very own scent, True Crime Pine. Um, and also, another one of my favorites, uh, me and Lauren both, we like Sailor. That's an, oh, it's an love awesome. It. Love it. Such one of my favorite scents ever. Um, Sailor, gypsum musk, True Crime Pine. Those are three that I keep on hand uh, pretty often. But... Because you're True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 15% off. And that's at ohmygaia.com, O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com, or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. Thanks, guys. Right on. Thank you to everyone who's gone and written reviews and rated five stars. Even if you don't want to write a review, if you just click five stars 
Or just click five stars and then uh, put some fire emojis in there and we'll give you a shout out. Because if you just click five stars, we can't shout you out. But thank you everyone right. who takes the time to go do that. Could have got a few more this week. Uh, Gothic Spell um, and Justine603 on iTunes. Thank you guys for the five star oh, reviews. Yeah, nice. So. Appreciate it, guys. All right. We, we've been staying up on those reviews. We need to give them more space. So it sounds like we get more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or we need to revisit Stitcher. I think we keep getting those, but it's kind of tricky as to how to read those reviews, man. I'm, I'm too dumb oh, to figure okay. it out. Yeah, that's we'll right. get around to it. We'll get hey, around we're, to we're, it. you know what it is, though? We're, we're, we're starting to get our rhythm back, man. We're chugging along on this train right here. We're, we're getting true, caught that's up. That's true. The momentum's going, up, man. man. We're not right. letting resistance beat us. That's right. Not going to happen, resistance. Get that fuck out of here. <laughs> we're running this train for, what, three years now, dude? Next month will dude, be three it's, years. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like I, I didn't... I know I've said it before, but I, I was, I didn't have any kids, and now my kids like, I got two of them. One of them's about to walk. The other one's already been never shuts up, running around being a maniac. Yep, that's right, so, dude. Yeah, if, be a you, fun look, if you go back year. and listen to old true crime guys, you can. I mean, there's a real evolution here. I get why yeah. people want to binge and listen from the beginning. I'll probably do that right. one day. It'll be fun to go back and just the podcast because, itself tells its own story. Little, you know, aside from the yeah. stories that we tell in individual episodes. I'm not, yeah. I know we've talked about it before, me and you, but we, like, neither one of us are huge on social media. I don't, I don't post a lot of stuff on there, and I and I feel like, compared to everyone else, I think I'm going to regret it one day because I do like when things pop up and they say, "Here's one year ago," and I'm like, "Oh man, I remember that. Right. Remember such and such or whatever." But I feel a lot better about it because I have this podcast, and because oh, I do no, hire. No, it's like a time capsule, and, right? Yeah, it is. It is like a time capsule, and I've done recordings with, with the kids and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of like my own little memory lane. I'm kind of an audible person. I like to listen to things. So this is, it's a cool way for it to be stored. You know what I'm right. saying? And, and and you ever think about someday your kids will go back and well, your kids are already old enough to listen to it pretty much. But like your kids will go back and listen to what what their dad was like years ago. You know? Yeah. Or if something, God forbid, something happened to us. You know, they 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 have this whole catalog. They could really get to know their you know, their, their parent more someday. That's a great so. point, dude. That's a, that's an excellent point. We got to, we got to get together at least once a year, you know? Yeah. That's no what doubt. we need to do. We got to have like a check-in. All right, guys. We, uh, apparently me and Lauren need to just have a regular phone conversation. <laughs> uh, we but, need to hug it out. <laughs> yeah, we need, to hug, we need to hug it out. But uh, I guess we will see Miss you guys you, next week on Patreon. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Alright, later keep creeping. True crime guys, in the desert we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. True crime guys, in the desert we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.